Several years ago, Detroit was shutting off people's water because they couldn't pay their bills. And a UN team said this was a violation of human rights. Today, we're hearing that Los Angeles will shut off your utilities, your water and your power if you have a large party or gathering. This is an overt violation of the First Amendment, and it is one of the most extreme because they're not just talking about some kind of criminal penalty. They're talking about taking away your access to basic utilities. Basically, everybody has access to clean water in this country. In fact, many jurisdictions have a requirement that if you walk into a business and ask for water, they must give it to you. What they are doing is going above and beyond any kind of criminal system. They're overtly destroying the Constitution, and it goes well beyond this. I saw this story today, and I just didn't know how to react to it. What do I do? How do I frame it? This is, this is insane. They are saying that if you have a party or gathering, they will send out someone to shut off your utilities. The First Amendment is clear. You can peaceably assemble, period. What did we see recently in Nevada? They're not going to let you go to church in certain numbers. In New York, they said the same thing, and we are seeing it across the country. The Democrats are shredding up the Constitution before our very eyes. And with the push for mail-in voting, we aren't even going to know what's happening in our own election. This is not something the Republicans are doing. This is not something Donald Trump is doing. It is overtly the Democrats that are issuing fines, that are arresting business owners, that are telling you we will take your utilities away if you try and engage in your First Amendment right. And their allies in media defend it. And in social media, those that that align with their ideology, or at least close to it, have just suspended the president's campaign yesterday for tweeting information about COVID. They said it was misinformation. The interesting thing here is that when Chinese government officials tweeted out COVID misinformation, Twitter said, we're not going to take it down. When Trump was accused of doing it, they did freeze the account and said, if you'd like to tweet again, do as we say. Our presidential campaigns are compromised. Our rights to assemble compromised. Our businesses compromised. And I don't even know if we can stop what these psychotic lunatics are doing. There are many things to complain about when it comes to the Republicans. Don't get me wrong. I don't like them either. There have been some states like Texas that have violated the rights of business owners as well, but the Supreme Court in Texas overturned this. We can absolutely call them out. I am going to specifically highlight what we have seen from the leftists because it's only gotten worse in that regard, and Donald Trump is pushing back. Now, I know, again, there are things to complain about on the right. We can take a look at what's going on in Portland. The Democrats are defending violent riots. They went to a woman's home yesterday and attacked her physically in her, in front of her home. They, they defend this, they join in and they give preferential treatment. They're, they're reducing charges. They are releasing people. The NYPD arrested a man who was trying to slash a brake line for, for an NYPD vehicle. And a judge in New York released this man. So the feds had to step in. Everything that is happening in these democratic states has become completely dystopian and nightmarish. Let's read the news and I'll start with this one. This segment, I got to admit, I'm, I'm a bit flustered on this because it seems like these stories have just piled up to a point where I don't know what to tell you. I don't. You better go out and vote. This is a whole new level of human rights violations, constitutional rights violations. And I got, I got bad news. Over in New York, 84,000 mail-in ballots are being disqualified, I believe, disqualified. That says to me, I don't even know if we can trust what's going to happen. 
conversations happening now about a potential for a constitutional crisis with this election because the Democrats will not concede. Let's read the news. And I'm sorry if it's a, it's a, if it's a bit depressing, but this this report from uh, out of L.A. is just beyond insane. Before we get started, head over to TimCast.com slash it if you'd like to support my work. There's many ways you can give, but the best thing you can do, actually, subscribe to this channel. Around half the people who watch aren't subscribed. And, you know, when you do, you're more likely to see my videos pop up in your feed. So if you think I do a good job, you want to support the channel, please hit that subscribe button, that like button, and that notification bell. And I will also add, I am very close to 1 million subscribers. I am honored. I am humbled. So if you would like to help out, get me close to that, uh, get me over that 1 million subscriber mark. Please subscribe today. Let's read the news and uh, be a little bit pessimistic, I guess. Los Angeles to shut off water and power to homes hosting large parties or gatherings. L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti said on Wednesday that he is authorizing the city to shut off utility service to properties where large parties and gatherings are held. CBS Los Angeles reports Garcetti said that starting Friday, the L.A. Department of Water and Power will cut off water and power services in egregious cases where unpermitted large parties and gatherings are taking place. The announcement came hours after City Councilman David Ryu introduced a motion to increase penalties for property owners who hold large house parties in violation of public health orders. It wasn't clear whether Garcetti's announcement was related to that motion. In the motion introduced Wednesday, Ryu said property owners who skirt building and safety rules or city laws, such as the Los Angeles Party House Ordinance, are in violation of COVID-19 public health orders and the city's party house ordinance, which became law in 2018. The First Amendment says it very clearly. You cannot do this. Why is anyone letting them get away with this? The feds should come in immediately. This is a constitutional crisis. I bring you now to the voice of America, American propaganda broadcast around this globe, around around the world, this planet. What is the First Amendment and what does it do? The First Amendment states Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or of the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. The freedoms in the First Amendment include the freedoms of religion, speech, press, assembly and the right to petition the government. Now, I understand this is state level. The First Amendment is federal level. But the right of the people in this country to gather shall not be infringed. That is that the federal government supersedes everybody else. I understand the 10th Amendment exists. So if you if you want to sit back and allow them to literally pass laws saying you do not, in fact, have a right to gather, fine, then just sit back and accept it. But it's only going to get worse. And I've got more than this to show you under the proposal. Penalties for large gatherings could include water and power shutoff permit prohibitions and and having a certificate of occupancy held or revoked for any large close contact, largely maskless gatherings in direct violation of city emergency orders and county health orders. But I'll tell you this, they will paint Black Lives Matter in the street and they will go and march with these people. And this is where we're at today. Whether it takes shutting off utilities or revoking their permits, we must do what it takes to shut these party houses down. It's almost like the federal government doesn't exist anymore. It's almost like there is no United States. California doesn't care about your right to gather. 
Now, I understand there's already probably people saying, but Tim, he's talking about parties. Come on. You don't need to have a party. A party isn't shut up. A gathering is a gathering. I don't care what your point is. Okay. You want to make some point about a more important gathering than others? No. You have a right to practice your religion. You have a right to assemble. The Constitution doesn't say in what capacity you can assemble. It says you have a right to assemble, period. California is a failed state. It has become a disaster, in my opinion. And I hope people wise up and get out. But you know what? It goes beyond just California. de Blasio announces $10,000 fines, checkpoints for travelers flouting NYC quarantine. Well, I'll tell you what, if you're going into New York City at this point, you're on your own. You're entering escape from New York territory. There's going to be checkpoints, $10,000 fines, overt violations of our civil rights, our unalienable rights, our human rights. It's getting extreme. You know what? A lot of people complain about in this country, Americans don't want to wear masks. If only they were smart enough. Yeah, well, you know what? Too bad. We have a constitution for a reason. The Constitution protects the individual. You want to go praise China and the authoritarian nations that forced everything to shut down and tell people what they can or can't do? Go ahead and do it. We are not those countries. If you want to live in a country where you have an authoritarian government taking away your right to speak, shutting you down while you're praising the massive uh, uh, massive corporations who are stomping you out, go do it somewhere else. We have a constitution. I love how people say they complain when people say, if you don't like it, you can leave. And they say, no, I'm going to stay and fight for this country. This country has a constitution. If you want to get rid of that constitution, I don't think you're fighting for this country. If you want to live somewhere where they lock people down and take away their individual rights, go ahead and do it. And I'll tell you one thing, one more thing. You want to complain about Donald Trump and the Republicans? Please comment below. Let me know what you think. It has nothing to do with them. The federal government is weak. They're very weak and maybe weaker than they've been as far as I can tell. We've got riots across this country in Portland now for 70 days. And Trump, he did not send out secret police as much as the left tries to lie about it. What is going to I, I can't believe what's happening in California, man. Let me show you this tweet from uh, Alex Berenson. He is a former NYT reporter. He tweets, serious question. At what point do the New York Times and Washington Post, etc., care or even notice how much better the Sun Belt states, which did not lock down as their cases rose, have done than the Northeast states, which did? Or are they just going to pretend forever? They are just going to pretend forever. That's what they're going to do. And they're going to keep justifying the insane lockdowns and the violations of our civil rights. It's not just the First Amendment. I mean, it's the fifth, it's the fourth. They're arresting business owners. They literally are arresting small business owners. There's, uh, in fact, Atlas Jim in New, in New Jersey is saying it's a 14, I believe, 14th Amendment violation, equality under the law. Who's going to do anything about it? I don't know. You know what, man? I am, I am every day, I'm more and more worried about what happens if Joe Biden wins because he's a pushover who will sit back and do nothing. Or if people don't vote out the Democrats who are destroying these states, take a look at Portland, the inability to actually control riots for 70 days. And they attacked and blamed the president when he simply tried to defend a courthouse. I got to say, man, it feels like we are we are in the midst of an ongoing constitutional crisis for the simple reason that our rights are being violated every single day and no one is doing anything about it. De Blasio admits uh, city skipped permit process to paint Black Lives Matter murals. 
August 3rd. City officials ignored their own application for public art projects to paint Black Lives Matter murals around the five boroughs. We haven't said no to people. We've said, if you want to apply, you can apply, but there's a process. That's just not true. He straight up told people special rules for you and not for me. They painted Black Lives Matter in front of Donald Trump's building because morality government is here. And it exists because the Constitution has become little more than a symbolic piece of history. It's not being upheld. Now, there are judges that are upholding the Constitution. There are judges that exist. There are police officers that are defending the Constitution. But you take a look in these Democratic controlled areas and it's becoming rather dystopian. And I know a lot of people say they don't believe it. They ignore it. I don't know what to tell you, man. If you if you haven't heard of this stuff and if you know people who haven't, please share videos like this, not just mine, others. They are they are telling specific ideological groups. You have special access. We will paint your message across this country. In California, they painted Black Lives Matter in Redwood City, I believe it was northern California. So some uh, a woman came, a lawyer and real estate. I believe it was a real estate attorney or something like that said, I want to paint MAGA 2020. And they immediately removed the Black Lives Matter mural. Uh Oh, equality under the law must be preserved. So we'll just get rid of it. Well, that shouldn't change anything. Now we can see what happens when Bill de Blasio gives himself permission to campaign. Let me tell you something. Bill de Blasio painting Black Lives Matter benefits his campaign. De Blasio says Blue Lives Matter can't paint street mural outside of NYPD headquarters. Blue Lives Matter says we'll see you in court. That's right. If it benefits him, they'll do it. And then if anyone dare oppose him, he will send out 27 NYPD and shame on these police officers and especially the conservatives who would defend these cops. 27 cops protecting a political slogan painted on the streets of an American city. And where was anyone? I get it. Listen, Blue Lives Matter coming out. I think it's hilariously paradoxical or ironic that you would defend police in this regard. You know what? Blue Lives Matter deserves to have their mural, their free speech, same as anybody else. But I will absolutely criticize anybody who wants to lick the boot of the cops who would protect that message in violation of the Constitution. Bill de Blasio used public money. He stole public money to paint a slogan for his politics. Yes, the Democrats have gone mad with power and no one is standing up to them. Okay, okay, not no one. A lot of people are, but they're getting away with it every single day. Meanwhile, rioters again vandalize and set fire to the Portland Police Association. I'll tell you what, I will defend the institution of policing while criticizing those who break the law. That's as simple as you can get with it. To the cops in NYPD, to the cops of the NYPD who would defend that mural and arrest people for painting in the streets over it or whatever, you disgust me to the cops who would seize the weapons of the McCloskeys. I am also disgusted to the police officers who arrested the owners of Atlas Gym. Disgusting and despicable behavior. I, I hope that when this is all over, all of those cops, I hope you get fired. I'm not going to sit around and just gleefully accept that they're violating our rights across the board and across this country. But you know what? I don't live in California. I don't live in New York, but I will tell you this. I live within a few miles of Atlas Gym. And they're calling on officers who live outside that city because it's a bunch of smaller suburbs to come in and violate the rights of American citizens. And this is disgusting behavior. I don't know what's going to happen, man, as we move forward. All I know is that the Democrats have been defending this, calling Antifa violence a myth. 
They're benefiting themselves. They're, they're restricting churches from having gatherings. Campaign holds evangelicals for Trump event at Vegas Casino swipes at Nevada church restrictions. You know why? Because the Supreme Court said that the, the casinos, well, they're different. They can open up and they can gamble and people can do whatever they want. But churches, not so much. Churches, you're being restricted. In New York City, Bill de Blasio says Black Lives Matter can march. Churches, you can't even sing. Listen, in Los Angeles, they will shut off your water so you cannot drink. That is a violation of human rights. It goes beyond the Constitution. I'm sick of seeing this every single day. And what are they doing in New York? Now, listen, I don't care for the NRA. The NRA has, uh, is under fraud investigation, I suppose. But here we go. New York Attorney General moves to dissolve the NRA after fraud investigation. There's a lot of things to be mad at the NRA about, for sure. But this is just playing politics. Civil war. I get it. It's funny. Ha ha ha. There's memes. Tim Pool says, you know, anything. Is that civil war? I don't care. I don't I, I don't I, I don't care when I can come out and say, you know, months ago, eventually these extremists will show up to your doorstep. And then they literally yesterday go to a woman's front door and attack her in front of her on her property in front of her house. When I say the riots will continue, they'll escalate. They won't stop. And they do. They'll come to your businesses. And they did. They vandalized the homes of councilmen and politicians. When people in the highest level of government are attacking literally through legislation, we are seeing legal. It's lawfare from the state level to the federal level against organizations that dare oppose them. When we see morality police, when we see Bill de Blasio violate the law to put a campaign message on the ground for him and his ideology, and no one does anything about it. You know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe it isn't civil war. Maybe it's just authoritarianism that no one will do anything about. And I'll tell you this, man, you really do got to go out and vote to try and stop this. But I kind of feel like at a certain point, it won't matter. Twitter, Facebook censored Trump accounts over coronavirus misinformation. Major and massive multinational corporations are shutting down the speech of the president. What can you do to vote against that? If the Republicans get in, maybe there'll be 230 reform. Maybe we can do something about it. I don't think so. I really don't. Over 80,000 mail-in belts disqualified in the New York City primary mess. And they're laughing in our faces, man. I don't even know. You know, I, I sat here for quite, quite, quite a bit, getting, you know, trying to think about how, what, what is going on. I'm looking at all of these stories, and the only thing I can think is, to put it simply, they're destroying the Constitution. They're e- eroding and just shredding our election process to bits. They have set fires, and they are burning anything, everything down with a smile on their faces, and they must be stopped. They must be stopped. Voting, I think, may be that first line speaking up and challenging this lawsuits. Hopefully there is still a system intact to shut all of this down. The the, the mail-in ballots, men, 80,000 mail-in ballots being disqualified in the New York City primary. And the Democrats are the ones demanding it. Their allies in media are the ones propping it up and acting like everything's fine. This is a scandal of epic proportions. Our institutions are Swiss cheese. Our constitutions are Swiss cheese, holes punched through them. The Supreme Court overtly violating the rights of American citizens to practice their religion in Nevada. Five to four, they ruled. Yep, we're not we're not stopping you from practicing religion. We're just limiting how many people can be in a church. New York City's Bill de Blasio straight up saying no gatherings except for Black Lives Matter. They are telling you in Indiana, a woman 
She died. She was murdered when she said all lives matter to somebody. They argued with each other. Both groups were armed and they, they, they tried to deescalate. As they walked away, the Black Lives Matter group ran up, opened fire, shooting this woman, killing her. A block from where she died, they painted Black Lives Matter on the street. They're laughing in our faces, violating civil rights, holding themselves above the law, granting themselves special access. And when you want to have a gathering, the city of Los Angeles says we will take away your right to drink water. How does that sound? It's beyond a violation of human rights. And where will any of these nonprofits be to strike back against it? We won't see it. The ACLU is compromised. The free press is compromised. Literally an organization. You've got governors, mayors. They don't care. Meanwhile, these cities are in free fall and they're being destroyed from the inside out. When I see Andrew Cuomo, maybe you saw the story, Andrew Cuomo saying, you know, begging wealthy people to come back because apparently one percent of people in New York cover half of their taxes. I'm disgusted. They would they would violate your rights. They would destroy their own cities and then they would beg you to come back. How insane would a person have to be to say, I I will gladly go to a city that is violating the rights of its population and pay them to continue? This is what's scary about what's happening in this country. We do rely on our big cities. They're they're key components of a functioning country. New York City is and, and L.A. are very important. But these cities now have gone are just enacting policies that would see them be destroyed. And that will hurt everyone else in this country. I don't know what to expect in November other than the system is completely broken. Can you even trust what's happening with these elections? No. Apparently now they're saying Joe Biden is on track for some ridiculous landslide. According to double digit polling, Joe Biden should win 334 easily solid with 79 swing electoral votes. Republicans only have 125 solid Republican electoral votes. Okay, and this is the end of America, I guess. I know it might sound hyperbolic or exaggerated. The Constitution is is just tattered. It's just lying on the ground in in bits at this point. And if this polling is true, maybe it's not. But if the polling is true and people really want everything that, that, that that's being, you know, they're being beaten over the head with, then I don't know. I don't want to tell you, but I will say one thing. <clears throat> Perhaps the goal is demoralization. They want people to think they can't possibly win. I do. I, I think at this point, the extreme violations of civil liberties has gone to such an extreme degree. I'm off the fence. And I've been one of the most ardent, ardent fence sitters for a long time. If people joke, Tim Pool's wearing the MAGA beanie or whatever. No, I don't like Trump. I don't. And you'll never make me like him. I think he's a funny guy because I have a sense of humor. And I think there's a lot of things wrong with him. And I think I, I, I think we deserve more. But I will tell you this. Joe Biden's lost it just completely out of it. The Democratic Party as a whole has become just absolutely insane. And what scares me is that I read the news and fact check things every single day. And let me just tell you, when you have 80,000 mail-in ballots disqualified, but they keep saying over and over and over again, Trump is lying. There's nothing wrong with mail-in votes, but 80,000 votes are disqualified. They are lying to you. When they threaten to take away your water, they are lying to you. So I'll tell you this, man. Trump might lose because the lies might work. But you've gotten me off the fence and I'm really angry. 
And I'm getting angrier and angrier about it every single day when I see just how psychotic things have become. The other day, when I saw the news that Twitter suspended the account of the Trump campaign because the president wanted to say something about COVID. I called these people despotic, despotic lunatics. I deleted the tweet because I was like, I don't want to be, I don't want to do that. You know, I'm, 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 ang- I'm really angry, but I read the news every day. I make sure all of my sources are fact check, fact checked, and I get things wrong. I absolutely do, but I try my best. And I would say that I have a pretty decent batting average on getting things right because I double check and triple check sources. I had three or four different sources on the LA utilities story. So maybe sometimes these stories are wrong because the media gets things wrong. I've made a lot of predictions about what's happening and what's going to happen. And unfortunately, I've been right about those two. I said they would eventually come to people's homes. They just did. And it's not hard to make these predictions when they've already been doing it. Maybe what we're seeing from the press is demoralization, lies and nonsense. And I certainly hope so. Massive major corporations are overtly evil and and, and shutting down our rights. The First Amendment is gone as far as I'm concerned. I'm not exaggerating. The press has become a political wing of the Democratic Party for the most part. The Supreme Court and Democrats are saying no churches. But Black Lives Matter, yes. They're violating the 14th, the 1st, the 5th, the 2nd, the f- and, and, and the 4th. And I think it's just going to keep getting worse. So I hope come November, you are willing to walk over broken glass figuratively to get to that polling booth to send in that vote. But I'll tell you this, man, according to the to Washington Post back in 2016, 80,000 ballots, 80,000 votes swung the election in three states. If they're going to disqualify 80,000 ballots like that because of because of mail in errors through no fault of the individuals who mailed them in, then how do you expect to actually have a victory? If Donald Trump contests this, they'll say he's trying to cheat. They already are saying it. And the Democrats who are overtly just just, they've shredded the Constitution in front of our very eyes. If they retain power, you know, help us all. I don't know what to expect. I guess we'll uh, we'll just I just yeah man we'll see how things play out once again but it's 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 more extreme it's more uh, crazy than than I've seen you know I see people ragging on Democrats all the time they rag on Newsom and Garcetti they rag on Cuomo and they still rag on Trump and they still think Biden's the answer but I'll tell you what fine maybe but I hope at the state level and the city level you vote these people out and I want I hope the courts do something about this. Maybe they won't. Maybe people need to. We'll see if they will. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. at youtube.com slash timcastnews. And I will see you all then. Last night was night 70 of the ongoing riots in Portland that just keep getting worse. And last night we saw one of the more dramatic bits of escalation since the whole thing started. They actually went to a residential home in residential neighborhoods. And for some reason, they attacked some old woman. I have the tweets. We'll go over the reasons for this. They went to her front door. They were attacking her, trying to blind her with lasers. And I'll go through all of that. But I have to point out the obvious. When they keep trying to push this lie that the feds withdrew and how many viral tweets 
went out from all of these politicians who keep lying and spitting in our faces, saying Antifa is a myth. Antifa doesn't exist. And now they're going to residential neighborhoods. They tried burning down one of the police stations. The Portland police declared it a riot. Where's the media? Where are the Democrats to start screaming about Kate Brown and Ted Wheeler's secret police, the Gestapo, firing tear gas in residential neighborhoods? Nowhere to be found. Why? Because they're liars and they're full of it. The feds never withdrew. For some reason, Antifa and the far leftists decided to go riot in other places. They were rioting about 100 miles south in Springfield, Oregon. Maybe not the same people. I mean, it is 100 miles. Not too hard to get to. Maybe someone announced a protest. I don't know. But that day where they claimed that, oh, everything's now peaceful, there was still a riot, just not that many people. The next day they said, see, now there's no rioting at the courthouse because the feds have finally withdrawn from from Portland. The feds were still there. They were just resisting the agitation from the far left. And many of the far leftists started going to residential neighborhoods. Maybe it was on purpose because when they announced the feds would be withdrawing and state police would be coming in, they knew they had a great moment for propaganda. If you avoid the courthouse or, or direct Antifa away from the courthouse, then you could push the lie. And they all did. Now Antifa is going to residential neighborhoods. Now they're actually attacking. It's an old woman at her house. Here's the story from Oregon Live, and we'll go through all the details. I got more updates for you. And we're going to talk a bit about where, where it goes from here, because yes, of course, following this video where you see them at the front door of some woman's home screaming at her, one guy grabs her and she starts freaking out. I, I kid you not. Then they start demanding she go inside. What do you think happens after they start showing up to people's homes? I've talked about this. A bunch of people are like, Tim called it. Oh, man, Tim, stop making predictions. There's a, a funny joke in that. When they announced that a bunch of these white actors and actresses would stop voicing, you know, non-white cartoon characters, I straight up tweeted, OK, now do Family Guy. And then they did. And people were like, ha, 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 Tim, you're so funny. Stop making predictions. And then I said, Antifa's going to show up to your house. They're going to come to your residential neighborhood. They're going to bang on your door and there will be no one there to stop them. And now we've seen them go to a woman's house and they attacked her. Now, the details, it's not so clear cut as they randomly went to a house. There's we don't know how it started. And I'll talk about it, but I want to show you. I want to give you the bit of the context about what happened last night. Portland protests. Shut up, Oregon. Oregon Live. Oregonian saying whatever. Protests. At a certain point, when you literally put in the in the title, declare riot, you say the Portland riots are continuing now for night 70. They say Portland police declared a riot Wednesday for the second night in a row after. Oh, the second night in a row. After protesters gathered outside of a Southeast Portland police precinct, the demonstration, I'm sick of this. The riot reiterated the growing divide among Portlanders who have rioted against police every night since late May. Confrontations between police and rioters have shifted from downtown, the historic heart of the riots, to, <laughs> to, to police buildings across the city where a faction of rioters now gather every night. Every other word they put there, just defending these people. I am in no mood. Downtown rioters have not drawn a large scale police response since July 29th. The final day, federal officers commanded security of the federal courthouse. Calls for calm gained, gained momentum downtown. At the same time, state police took over. Protesters planned to show black made films after nightfall Wednesday for crowds gathered there. Many rioters have shifted from downtown to police buildings elsewhere. In recent nights, rioters have converged in front of a second east side precinct and the police union building where rioters and Portland police clashed Tuesday. I can't believe this. 
every single sentence. They just keep desperately trying to say they're just protesters. They're just protesters. They're they're demonstrating. They're protesting. Setting a fire, tearing down the barricades, attacking people at their homes, fighting with police, police declaring it a riot. I am sick of the lies. Oregonian, shut up and start reporting what's actually happening because you sound psychotic. You know what, man? There is some stupid poll uh, or or prediction from a professor saying that Joe Biden's going to win. That's right. This guy, he's got a track record of predicting the presidency. And he said Trump would win last time. And now he's saying Biden will win this time. Maybe. But I'll tell you what, man, when I read stories like this, it's hard for me to get through them. You know why? How many times are they going to say the word protester? Let's let's, let's actually do a count. 16 times in this article, protester. Let's let's, let's, let's do a demonstrator. Demonstrators, four. Demonstrators, four times. So in 20 instances in this short article about what's going on in Portland, they repeatedly refer to violent extremists and rioters as protesters demonstrating and moving their protests. No, I'm sick of it, man. I, 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 am, I am in no mood to constantly read news that refuses to acknowledge the violent extremist behavior. In Seattle, when they tried going for the second or third time to the Seattle police chief's home, someone blocked a road with an SUV and came out with, and two people came out with rifles. And the peaceful protesters were, oh, oh, heavens, we're just peaceably assembling. Shut up. I'm sick of it, man. You know, I'm not happy about any potential for escalation or anything like that. If, if people want to peaceably assemble, I can recognize that. But I think regular people are fed up. They're reading the news and they're getting sick of it. I get messages all the time from people who are saying things like the media only talks about peaceful demonstrations, but I can see the videos. Why are they lying? Yeah. What? Yeah. Oregonian. Why won't you just call them what they are? Yelling Black Lives Matter, starting fires and attacking people. Let's just keep reading. Oh, man, I don't even know where I was. They say about 100 people arrived to the Portland police precinct East Pre- uh, after 9 p.m. after marching a short distance from Floyd Light Park. The crowd chanted no good cops in a racist system. Within 15 minutes of the crowd's arrival, Portland police used a loudspeaker to tell peaceful people to leave because of criminal activity. They even put peaceful in quotes. An Oregonian, Oregon, oh, I see what they're saying. The cops were t- saying, if you're going to be peaceful, you need to leave now because of the violence that's happening. An Oregon live journalist saw someone point green lasers at a security camera. People also spray painted the cameras and a glass door at the front of the building. Police said one person was seen trying to tear down a camera. Most of the windows had been covered with plywood and demonstrators tore down some of the boards. Demonstrators tore down the boards. It's just the most insane sentence ever written. People did not leave after the police issued a warning. The size of the crowd increased to around 200 people. Most people chanted as a few people started taking down plywood from the building, exposing glass windows and a door. Some people pushed dumpsters to form barricades in the street. Police called the gathering unlawful at 9.45 p.m. and told people to leave immediately. Several people wearing yellow T-shirts formed a line. Oh, hey, what's that? Is that the wall of moms joining in a riot? I am sick of the lies. Linking arms at the end of the street, the yellow T-shirts are a uniform of protesters identify as mothers. They repeated Black Lives Matter. So there you have it. Black Lives Matter mothers joining in a riot as they tried to destroy, vandalize and set fire to a police department while they destroyed cameras and tore the barricades down. 
Near the entrance of the building, someone used a metal tool to repeatedly hit the glass window. Police and demonstrators cracked glass doors at the precinct. Someone soon started a fire in a trash can next to the entrance. About 9.55 p.m., police declared the gathering a riot. So why don't you call it a riot? Police warned that if people did not leave, they would be subject to arrest or dispersal by impact munitions or tear gas. Police arrived 10 minutes later and forced the crowd to move. You see how they changed their language? Officers in riot gear set up stun grenades as they pressed people north past the fire and precinct. They also used CS gas, which is a type of tear gas, citing life safety issues created by members in the group. Police detained at least four people. After police pressed most people away. Now, here's what I love. As soon as they get to the part of the story where they say the police declared it a riot, they just start calling the group people, people. It's, it's, the, it's this. You know what, man? If you are stupid enough to believe this stuff, well, I don't know what to tell you, man. Let's move on. Here's, here's where it gets crazy. Andy No says, after Antifa were dispersed by police following the attack on the East Precinct, they tried to blind a woman at her home with lasers and attacked her. Antifa have gone into residential parts of the city after moving on from attacking the federal courthouse. Now, there's some interesting bit of nuance here. You can see the woman standing in front of her home. It appears. I mean, maybe it's not her house. I don't know. This is what's being reported by several different people. Let's just say there are people confronting a woman, and I want to know why. Well, according to Andy, they, he, I don't believe he mentions that it's her. Uh, he mentions residential parts of the city. I think it is being implied that they went to, uh, yes, the riders came to her home. Now, it's because apparently they're attacking her. You can see on her arm, she has some kind of armband. Andy No says it was a Nazi armband. He says, I don't care what she was wearing. The rioters came to her home in the middle of the night and assaulted her. They demanded she remove the armband or they would remove it for her. This is after they set fire to the East Precinct. They came to her house. And in one instance, a man actually grabs her. You see this guy in blue? An older, much larger man physically assaults this woman. Now, of course, I'll tell you straight up. I think this woman's nasty. I do. Of course. Wearing that armband, get out of here. You see those those people in, in Walmart wearing the stupid, uh, you know, Nazi face masks? Get out of here with that stupid garbage. I don't care for these people, and I don't care for her. But I'll tell you what, it's just the beginning, okay? We have seen the incrementation, and I'll tell you why this is the line. They went to her house. I don't care why, Andy No points out. I don't care what she was wearing, and I agree, he's right. The fact is, they were never going to randomly show up to a, a person's house and knock on the door unless they were given some pretext. In this instance, this woman is a bigot. She's wearing an armband. Well, of course we have to stop her, right? Let's try and blind her with high-powered lasers. Mind you, these lasers, can uh, I, I don't know what, what level of laser they're using, but typically when you see the green lasers and in the, in the, in being used in the fashion they're using, these might be kilowatt lasers. I don't know. But the, uh, I, I believe it's kilowatt. You can start fires with them when you hold it out. You can pop balloons. You can, you can ignite matches. And they cause permanent blindness if held in someone's face. And they don't you know, try and block it or get away from it. A lot of people don't realize this. It's mind-blowing to me. You know, I see these, these, these extremists shining the lasers and holding on someone's face. And the person just keeps going about their business, not realizing you may lose your eyesight permanently. Three officers, three federal officers from the courthouse may have permanent blindness from the lasers. And there, and there you go. These are, these are, these are attacks meant to maim. And, and it's, it's, listen, because they're just lasers and people don't know anything about them, 
they don't realize the severity of what's be, of what's going on. Could you imagine if someone like was trying to hack this woman's fingers off, for instance, maiming her permanently to disable her? Lasers in the face cause permanent disability. They are trying to maim this woman. They're at her house. They don't like what she is wearing. I personally don't like what she's wearing either. Full, full disclosure, man. I believe she should also take it off. However, I'm not going to assault her, try to maim her. I will ignore her and let her live in her little whatever she wants. I'll just know. You know what? Here's what I say to people like that. Thank you. Thank you for when, you know what? Now I know to avoid you because you're nasty and I don't want to associate with people like you. I appreciate it. Well, these people go to her house. They're filming. They're surrounding her. They're shining lights in her face, lasers in her face, physically assaulting her. Here's the, here's, here's what happens next. You see, this is the escalation. Now they've been given reason to go to a residential home. What will happen next is that Oregon Live and many other outlets are going to say peaceful demonstrators, peacefully demonstrated, nothing happened. And once they realize they have that opportunity to step forward, once they normalize this behavior, they expand upon it, like what they've been doing. It's called escalation, incrementation. This is what I've explained. When I talk to people about them coming to your house, a mob will show up to your home. They'll all be yelling, rabble, rabble, rabble. Someone will run up and vandalize something. They'll spray paint something. Someone else will see that and think it's okay to go on the porch. They'll run up and go on the porch and they'll start vandalizing too. Eventually, once everyone sees someone else incrementing the, 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 the tactics, someone comes up, kicks your door in and runs away. Now that one person was like, I'm not going to go in. I'm just going to kick the door. Then someone else on the porch peeks inside and starts looking around because now the door is open. And then someone else sees them, thinks they're going in and thinks it's okay to go in because everyone else is. This is how mob action works. Slowly, one step at a time, the swarm increments. An individual on their own would never run up to your door, kick it in and run in and start smashing up your house. But when you get several hundred people and each of them is doing one small thing, stepping towards the house, someone else steps towards the house. Think about it this way. You've seen the videos where they rush cars, right? That's the perfect example. Why is everybody running towards a car? It makes no sense, but they do it. You'll see these videos where a car pulls up, one guy runs up the car, and then other people all run to the car. And all of a sudden now the car is completely surrounded and then someone bangs on it. So then someone else starts smashing the windows because everyone just one ups each other. If that's okay, this is okay. It's, it's, it's the escalation. Here's what we have. In Portland, they went to this woman's home. It's only a matter of time before they go to another person's home for a different reason, and they escalate it. Now, for, for this story, they have their reasoning, her armband. That's what they'll say. But she was wearing an armband, and she was saying nasty things. So we told her to stop. Stay away from people's homes. Stay away, okay? But they're not gonna. They've already gone to Tucker's house. They've gone to Cassandra Fairbank's house. So it's, I mean, we're, we're technically even beyond this, but here's the escalation here. For those that, that aren't familiar with the context, uh, I, I believe it was last year, Tucker Carlson of Fox News, they went to his house was, was several times, spray painted in his driveway, was banging on his door. They went to Cassandra Fairbank's house. She's a conservative journalist, and they launched fireworks at her building and fired off guns, according to Cassandra. She did post photos of the fireworks and all that, but I'm trying to be as fair as possible. So that's, you know, the reporting we have so far. Police took reports. Witnesses confirmed the account. They started going to the Seattle uh, politicians, councilmen, council uh, members' homes. They went to the Seattle police chief's home. They went to the Oakland mayor's home. They are going to people's houses. Now, 
When a random group shows up to Cassandra's house or Tucker Carlson's house, this is a coordinated effort by a small group of people pushing the boundary, telling everybody, go to their homes. It's okay. That's why they dox. Eventually, it escalates to this point. Now, I'll tell you why this is escalation. This is the random mob running around, deciding now it's okay to target residential homes. Eventually, what will we see? They tried to set fire to a police station. How long until they try and set fire to this woman's house? Then because it's because here they see this woman wearing an armband, they run up and engage her. Other people don't know she's wearing an armband. And the story going viral, people don't know anything about the armband. What's going to happen is that people now normalize the idea of rushing someone's house. Sooner or later, as they keep as they keep going through residential neighborhoods like they did in Springfield and like they do now, they're going to start going to random homes. Eventually, like we saw in Springfield, Oregon, there's a man. He comes out of his house. He's like wearing no shirt. And they start screaming at him, insulting him and slurring at him, yelling slurs at him. Uh, eventually, you will get someone not wearing an armband who says, F you, F you all, you know, and says something. And then they throw a brick through the window. Then they start setting fires. Someone's got a Molotov. And it escalates from there. You want to know why I think it's all going to happen? I mean, first, I got a bunch of tweets. We've got, you know, unrest is continuing. This is from Elijah Schaefer. Andy No mentioning that these people organized specifically on Twitter. That's right. Tonight, go here, do this, wear black. They're organizing terrorism on Twitter. And Twitter actually <laughs> temporarily suspended the president's campaign yesterday. I'll tell you what, man, I'm more worried than I've ever been for, for this country. And it's funny when I see I see these posts from libertarians saying things like, everybody always thinks that this election is the most important election. They're or- terrorists are organizing on Twitter. Like, are you kidding me? They're showing up to people's houses. They're, they're shutting down. They're banning art. They're burning books. They're locking people up for opening their businesses. The morality government is upon us. This is no joke. This is not just another four years of stupid left, right, up and down. This is literally, do you like peace in this country? Do you like freedom and the First Amendment? Garcetti in Los Angeles just announced he's going to shut off people's water if they have if they peaceably assemble. That's right. He'll shut off your utilities if you peaceably assemble at your home. Uh, Of course, he's referring to parties. Don't care. The First Amendment is clear. You have a right to peaceably assemble. Doesn't say what for. This is where it's all going. And I want to I want to show you this story from The New Yorker. The making of a Molotov cocktail, two lawyers, a summer of unrest, and a bottle of Bud Light. This dumb young woman and her friend, they're facing 35 years in prison. Do not underestimate mob mentality and the escalation of where this goes next. Let me just tell all of you. Remember when I said they're going to start coming to residential homes? Was I wrong? I'm wrong about a lot of things, sure. As long as I get my data right, I think it's easy to predict and it's not a special skill in any capacity. They had already shut up to Cassandra's house. Why wouldn't the rioters go knock on someone's door or go attack some lady at her house? Of course they would. It's not even it's not it's not it's not a bold prediction. It's not like I predicted. You know, I made the joke. I'm going to go buy some lottery tickets. No, it's not even that. It's not some astronomical odds. It's literally you have this woman and her friend lawyers who just decided to go firebomb police cars. How does that happen? What is wrong with these people? Do you think they won't escalate that? Do you think it ends here? Seemingly normal people went insane and started throwing firebombs at police vehicles. They're going to people's houses. They went to this woman's house during the riot. They've been starting fires. 
They use tactics specifically designed to terrorize without drawing attention to themselves. Already, we have the story uh, Democrats refuse to condemn Antifa in domestic terrorism hearing, Andy No says, and Andy No is correct. They won't. They are refusing to condemn Antifa directly. And Antifa is emboldened by this. They're protected by the media. So what happens next? My, my prediction is the riots will continue in Portland. No one will do anything about it. And then we're going to get to a point where now that they've already, it's, 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 it's the joke, right? That once the critter, once the animal gets a taste for human blood, and then it craves human blood, it's the old horror trope. There, we're here. Now that, the, now that the extremists know they can go to homes and no one will condemn them, no widespread condemnation from Democrats, no media outlets saying this is across, a, a, a you know, cross the line. Stop this is horrifying. Nobody. They know they can get away with it, but they have to do it slowly. If Antifa randomly showed up to someone's house, say last year and attacked her, that probably would have been a big story and people would have been freaking out. But you get 70 nights of rioting where all of these news outlets just call you peaceful demonstrators. You know, you've been given carte blanche. So I will tell you this right now. They will eventually come to your house. I, I, you know, uh, I'll put it up. I'll, I'll, I'll qualify that statement. There are too many houses for literally all of them to go to. But if this if this trajectory is not stopped, they will eventually beat your house in some form or another. It could just be a simple uh, morality policing. You know, a couple pink shirted wearing morality police after they've abolished your police department, knock on your door and say, hi, we just want to make sure you're not appropriating anyone's culture. I, c- I noticed you were playing rap music. It's a fine. So <laughs> it's a thousand dollars. You pay your fine or we'll be back. They're going to businesses in Louisville and shaking them down, demanding money. Take these things and add them together. Louisville, shake down businesses, demand money, showing up to residential homes and attacking people. And it's very simple to see that it's only a matter of time before they abolish your police and the racket shows up to your house and says, hi, we want everyone to pay for the community organizing for our new community policing. And you have to pay this amount. And guess what people are going to do? They're going to say, yes, please. Thank you, sir. Should I kneel here in front of you? Would you would you like to just take the wallet out of my pocket? So many people keep saying, if I just keep my head down, I'll be safe. You are wrong. You're wrong. Straight up, you're wrong. I'm, I'm getting out of New Jersey and I'm getting as far away from major cities as possible. A lot of other people are doing so. 420 to 500,000 people have fled New York City for a variety of reasons. Real estate in Montana, Idaho, Iowa skyrocketing. The people who can afford to do so have fled a long time ago. And the people now who can't, many of them are fleeing anyway and going to family or friends' homes outside of these cities. It's only a matter of time, in my opinion, and we're dangerously close. I could be wrong about a lot of things. I often am wrong about a lot of things. I wasn't wrong about them showing up to people's houses, but I will tell you this. It could be that uh, everything's exaggerated and it chills out. Fine. It could also be that we're not going to have an election night. We are not going to have a November 3rd election night because of mail-in voting. Everyone's going to think either Biden or Trump won. It's going to swing back and forth, and we are going to have weeks of rioting. The Democrats and the Never Trumpers have already war-gamed this out in June. This is a fact. John Podesta of the Clinton campaign said the Democratic Party will not allow anyone, will not allow Biden to resign, and they would rather see the West Coast secede from the Union than allow Trump to retain power. We may go there. In all of the scenarios planned out by the Democrats and Never Trumpers, street violence escalated. If street violence is this bad in Portland, and we've already seen riots across the country, what do you think is going to happen come November 4th through December 14th? 
I think we're going to see a whole new level of rioting. And do you think they, they won't come to your house? Do you think you will be the one exception where they're like, hey, guys, wait, wait. I, I know that we, we, we threw firebombs at all those other houses, but this one house, that one's fine. I don't know if it'll get that bad. They're not. Obviously, there's not going to be enough people to go to every single suburb. So people are probably going to hope you can just hide. If these people win, hiding will do you no good. They will eventually show up to your doorstep in one form or another once they start going door to door demanding that you tithe. I guess the only way to, to stop it now is to speak out, condemn what they're doing, demand, call, call. You, you live in a Democrat district, call them up and demand they condemn this. It's the best you can do for now. You can also just speak up at your workplace and get get active to whatever possible, uh, you know, uh, in whatever way you can in terms of organizing, protesting, you know, speaking out in general, whatever you do, make sure you absolutely avoid conflict and violence with these people because that's what they're desperate for. They want to get as many videos as possible of regular people, of moderates, conservatives, even disaffected liberals being violent or fighting so they can falsely frame it. Peaceful protest works. And if everybody right now stood up to these people and said, shut up, it would be over with. I don't know if that's going to happen, though, so I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel, and I will see you all then. A Black Lives Matter extremist tried cutting the brakes on an NYPD vehicle in mid-July, and he was arrested. Now we're learning that not only was he caught due to an informant, a paid informant, but that the feds are getting involved. And this, to me, looks like the federal government. They're seriously dropping the hammer. Now, I don't know if you guys saw the IRL podcast show we did the other night talking about Jake Paul. You may have heard the news about Jake Paul. Many of you probably don't care. And I mean this with all due respect. That's not my world. I'm not super concerned about vloggers and stuff. But apparently the feds raided his home partly due to his involvement, or I believe it was, it was, in, it was due to his involvement in the Black Lives Matter riots in Arizona. They also raided the apartments of, uh, or, or I'm sorry, his home. They raided the home of one of his friends or something like that. Now, I don't know exactly all the details on the Jake Paul thing, but this story is interesting because it was a dude in New York, part of the Occupy, you know, New York protest or whatever, was talking about how he wanted to hurt cops, tried cutting the brake lines, but now the feds are getting involved. And my general understanding of why, now listen, you just got to understand, the FBI it gets involved when federal crimes are committed. So if someone crosses state lines to commit a crime, the FBI can get involved. That's probably how, to the best of my understanding, it's probably how the feds are getting involved in the, you know, uh, the destruction of statues and federal property. A lot of these Antifa types will travel across state lines. Well, in the affidavit from, I believe it's from the feds, they just basically say that the New York Police Department travels across state lines in their vehicles. Therefore, basically, this dude's getting an upgrade from a local criminal mischief charge to a federal charge. Now, they don't say exactly what he's being charged with, but he will now face up to 20 years in prison. It's crazy stuff, man. This says to me, the DOJ, they're not messing around. They want everyone to know you will be locked up. So let me just say to all the people that were going out and acting a fool and still are, you're going to regret it. And you're going to be crying in a prison cell for years because they're coming for you. Check a story out. The Daily Mail says revealed paid NYPD informant drove protester who cut brake line on a police van to look for targets and went with him to take reconnaissance photos of the Verrazano Bridge after he said he wanted to destroy it. Now, I will first and foremost point out, I don't I do not like the idea 
that informants will provide resources. The FBI does this kind of stuff all the time. In this instance, it was the NYPD. You give someone the means to commit a crime. I don't like that. It's not really entrapment. People, people don't know what entrapment is. Entrapment is when you coerce someone into doing something. So if, like a, if the informant told him, if you don't do this, I will you know, negatively impact you in a certain way, harm someone you love or you know, destroy your life, that would be entrapment. In this instance, being like, yeah, I'll drive you around, whatever you want to do, buddy. That's not. Daily Mail says the Black Lives Matter, they say protester, I'm going to say extremist, who is charged with cutting the brake lines on a marked NYPD van made threats to attack the Verrazano Bridge and was caught with the assistance of a paid police informant. It has been revealed. Jeremy A. Trapp, 24, was arrested on federal criminal charges at his home in Brooklyn on Wednesday in relation to the July 17th attack on an NYPD van in the Sunset Park neighborhood. In a newly unsealed criminal complaint, FBI investigators revealed that Trapp first met with the NYPD informant at a demonstration outside the Brooklyn criminal court in downtown Brooklyn. Trapp told the confidential informant that the police were racist, that he wanted to harm officers and their supporters, and that he had previously been involved in destroying property and burning a police car, wrote FBI special agent David J. Williams in the complaint. I do have it, and we'll, we'll go through this a little bit after I read the story. They say, over the next several days, Trapp remained in contact with the informant, and the two met up on July 15th. On that occasion, Trapp allegedly said that he wanted to burn the, the, the Verrazano Bridge down so that white supremacists could not use it to get to Brooklyn from Staten Island. Is he insane? Yes, because regular people use this bridge. The Verrazano Bridge is the longest suspension bridge in America and connects Staten Island with the Bay Ridge section of Brooklyn. The following day, Trapp and the informant drove to the Brooklyn side of the Verrazano Bridge, where Trapp took reconnaissance photos on the bridge. Dude, this is above and beyond, man. This dude was talking about extreme acts of terror targeting a critical infrastructure and a bridge. Now, he only got arrested because of cutting these brake lines. But man, throughout, the informant says that Trapp spoke of his desire to harm police, saying that burning cop cars was not enough and that police stations needed to be burned instead. And the brake lines on police vehicles cut. All right, let's stop for a second. What this man is saying is not unique to him. I have heard, you know, these activists talk about crazy stuff. Now, this is certainly the craziest I've, uh, you know, I've directly heard, but I've heard people talk about, look, these far leftists are very careful in how they explain, how they, how they explain things and who they're willing to talk to. I always tell people because they're like, Tim, call them out. Andy No does. Okay. Andy No. Follow him on Twitter. Andy NGO. He'll give you all the lists. I'll show you all the videos. I follow him. I, I, I use his, you know, I, I track his work for, you know, sourcing and stuff like that. Andy knows what he's talking about. He follows this stuff and he will show you exactly what they're doing, what they're saying. And I'll show you all the public reports on when they're arrested and things like that. But I'll tell you what, in my time, I've, I've heard many of these people talk about escalation, violence, and their plans. They want to burn everything down. This, this is, be, we're, we're learning this because of a criminal, uh, because of a paid informant, a confidential informant. They say Trap complained that the demonstrations were too nonviolent and were not accomplishing anything. After failing to spot any unattended vehicles on July 16th, Trapp and the informant met up again on July 17th and again scouted Brooklyn. Now, what would be the point of cutting the brake lines on one vehicle? You might hurt a small handful of officers, I suppose. It just seems random and stupid, uh, insane, to be honest. Trapp showed off a scissor-like tool that could be used to sever brake lines, the informant said. 
And the two began driving around Brooklyn, Brooklyn, but unbeknownst to trap, an undercover NYPD surveillance team was tailing them. At around 4 p.m., Trap and the informant spotted a marked police van outside the NYPD's processing center for application applicants on the 4th Avenue and 42nd Street. And Trap allegedly crawled underneath. They say allegedly. There is a photo. Okay, fine. But there's a photo of a man underneath the police van while the surveillance team watched his every move. With the surveillance team in covert pursuit, Trap allegedly expressed excitement after cutting the brake lines and wanted to look for more cars. Okay, there you go. He was going for more. But instead, he and the informant drove to the Occupy City Hall protest camp in Manhattan, where demonstrators call for the NYPD to be defunded. Trap was arrested soon after returning to Brooklyn. So we have a photo here. An evidence photo shows the tampering underneath the NYPD van. Police say an anti-lock brake sensor had been severed, which could affect the handling of the vehicle. An inspection found that the police van's anti-lock brake sensor had been severed, which could affect the handling of the vehicle. The sensor line was right next to it and looked identical to it. The, van, the, van, the van's main brake line, according to police. At the time of Trapp's arrest, the role of the informant was not revealed, and police implied that officers had happened to catch him in the act. The federal complaint does not make clear whether the informant was someone who was previously a paid confidential source, or whether the person came forward to cooperate after hearing of Trapp's plans. Now, that's interesting. Somebody may have been like, dude, this guy's nuts. Initially, Trapp was charged locally with criminal mischief and reckless endangerment, and was released without bail the next day by a New York City judge. This is nuts. He, he literally cut, he tried cutting the brake lines in an NYPD vehicle. Why are these people being released? On Wednesday, Trapp was ordered detained pending trial by U.S. Magistrate Judge M. Gold. It was unclear whether he had an attorney to speak on his behalf. Seriously, man, Trump, the feds, the FBI, they're the only ones doing anything about this. Local cops across the country are cutting these people loose for some reason. They say Trapp's alleged actions had potentially life-threatening consequences for NYPD officers and members of the public who could have been injured by the vehicle's brake failure, stated acting U.S. Attorney Seth D. Ducharme in a statement. The office will ensure that anyone who targets police officers or acts with the intent to undermine public safety efforts will face justice. Trapp faces 20, up to 20 years in prison if convicted on the federal charges. They don't say what the federal charges are, just that he's been charged. Now we have this. This is the uh, uh, court document, which is, is uh, United States against Jeremy Trapp, complaint and affidavit in support of application for arrest. David J. Williams makes the, makes the points. I don't know. Let's read a little bit of this. He says, I am a special agent with the Federal Bureau of Investigation assigned to the Joint Terrorism Task Force. I have been a special agent for approximately three years. As a special agent, I've investigated numerous matters during the course of which I've conducted physical and electronic, electronic surveillance interviewed witnesses, executed court-authorized search warrants, etc. It's just, just him talking about his, you know, his resume. Beginning in late May 2020, thousands of people held large demonstrations in Brooklyn, New York, to protest the death of George Floyd. He goes on to say, during the demonstration, certain individuals and groups of individuals unlawfully obstructed the flow of vehicle traffic on city streets and refused lawful, com- lawful commands from the NYPD. Some individuals and groups of individuals vandalized vehicles and businesses with graffiti and by smashing the vehicles and windows of businesses with heavy objects. Some individuals and groups targeted the NYPD assaulting officers, vandalizing their vehicles that had responded to the protests, and in some cases, attempting to gain access to NYPD station houses without authorization, thus interfering with and obstructing the NYPD's efforts. 
on or about July 11th or 12th. Demonstrators proclaiming to be pro-law enforcement gathered in Diker Heights and Bay Ridge to express support for law enforcement in light of the George Floyd demonstrations. Other individuals confronted them, uh, confronted the proclaimed pro-law enforcement demonstrators, leading to violent clashes between some members of the two groups. He goes on to say, on July 13th, a group of demonstrators gathered outside the Brooklyn Criminal Court. The demonstrators were shouting at police officers and objecting to the arrest of individuals who had confronted the pro-law enforcement demonstrators in Bay Ridge. During the conversation, so this is when Jeremy Trapp spoke with an individual during the conversation with a confidential source. Trapp stated the police were racist. He wanted to harm the officers and their supporters, and they had previously been involved in destroying property and burning police cars. So we know this stuff. I just want to move down to the point where the FBI gets involved, how they're justifying this. We can see this photo of a man under the NYPD vehicle. They say it's from NYPD surveillance. We can only assume that's actually the dude. Moving down, they show more of the photos. These are things we all covered. But here's, here's the interesting part. The NYPD van is property of the NYPD and the New York City government. Both the NYPD and New York City government conduct business in interstate commerce. For instance, by purchasing vehicles and other equipment and supplies in interstate commerce. The activities of the NYPD and New York City government in enacting and enforcing laws also affects interstate commerce. The NYPD and the New York City government are also the recipients of financial assistance from the federal government including grants from the U.S. Department of Homeland Security. It sounds like that's the justification for federal involvement. Going on to say, wherefore, your deponent respectively uh, requests that the defendant, Jeremy Trapp, be dealt with according to the law. And that's about it. Sworn to before me by telephone this fourth day of August, the Honorable Stephen M. Gold, United States Magistrate Judge, Eastern District of New York. We'll see how things play out. Now, just just full disclosure, this guy was arrested initially on, on, on July 19th. They let him go. That that to me is is just absolutely insane. What we're dealing with now, only because of the actions of, of federal law enforcement, we're, we're understanding now exactly what this guy was doing and the extent to which he was depraved and was trying to get people killed and wanted to snip the brake lines of multiple police vehicles. When you see the riots in Portland, when you see the riots across this country, keep in mind this is surface level activity. What they're doing behind the scenes with organizing is way more extreme. Now, the far right. Yes, the far right is bad. Absolutely. Call them out every time you see them. You, get, you, you, you show me some far right attack and absolutely we will condemn them by name, calling out their organization, their beliefs. But these things happen few and far between. And when they do, we have a national outcry about it. It is not difficult for me or anyone else and, for, and seemingly many Republicans to, de, to uh, decry far right groups, notably the Klan, any other white supremacy organizations. You want, to, you want to name them? By all means. There have been individual actors. We name them too. However, often we try to avoid using their names specifically because they want the attention, but we will call them out specifically. The Democrats on the left seem not to be doing this. And so what ends up happening is it's left to these, you know, the police they're being attacked and ignored. Things seem to be getting worse. And I think it's because the backbone of our country is eroding. The strong patriotic, you know, pro-America ideas are gone. They, they, I mean, look, they may be stronger than we realize, but at least as far as we're, we're able to see, as far as the actions are going, it seems to be dwindling. The fervent zealotry is now on the far left that seeks to harm and destroy this country. I want to show you this article. Quote, this is not going to lead to better outcomes for people of color. 
Black Portland police chief calls for violence to stop on 70th night of protest and more than 400 arrests since May. How did we come to this point where you have people going around trying to slash, literally slashing tires, damaging police vehicles, you know, cutting their brake lines? How did we come to this point? I don't know. I, only, I think the federal government is, is the only thing that's going to be able to stop this. The Portland police chief is calling for it to end because 400 people have been arrested, but they keep releasing these people. I mentioned Andy No earlier. Seriously, you can give him a follow. I saw that he posted about one of these wall of moms, you know, fake actor uh, activists who was arrested for rioting and released right away. And what do they do? They go right back to doing it. This guy is only detained now because the feds got involved. Why? Seems like the backbone that made this country strong has been broken because the states don't care. They don't care about the, the, the crumbling of their cities. They don't care about it's 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 impressive and it's worrisome. I say impressive, not in a good way. It's just like in the sense that it's like, wow, really? I can't even believe what I'm seeing. What we're seeing is that in states and cities, the mayors, the governors, they seem to just think, what do I got to say or do to get through this day so I can get my paycheck and go home and ignore everybody else? There's no more sense of duty. The people serving in the police department the, or the judges who are just releasing these people, it's, it's, it's insane. Maybe it's not the cops' fault. I don't know. But cops maybe are just are completely demoralized. And now it's come to the point where we have 400 arrests in Portland. If these 400, 400 people were arrested since May and held without bail or bond, then would this be over? I wonder. I think the issue is they keep releasing them. They're organizing on Twitter. They're telling people to wear all black and the cops don't know who they're engaging with. So they can tell these people you can't come back out and do this. And then the far left with through their NPOs fight back and say that's a violation of their rights. Then they show up and they keep rioting again. And this time someone else gets arrested. They come back out and they just keep doing it. There was a man that I just read to you about who literally tried cutting the brake lines of police vehicles and he was released. What if he went and did it again? Did they think he would just stop? The feds intervened. That's why I bring up the Jake Paul stuff. And that's why I want to talk about this story. It seems like Donald Trump is holding true to his law and order stance. Bill Barr and the DOJ, the FBI, the, these, these organizations are seeking to, you know, charge these individuals when the locals will not do it. That's the only way this stops. If the local police in Portland will not stop these people, if the local courts will not and the federal courts have to do it. And maybe that's why they were so adamant, the far left, about attacking, attacking the federal courthouse. Th this country is being held together by, by thin strands as the states defy federal authority, reject anything the federal government wants to do, assert their sovereignty finally, which is fine, but I'll point out now all these Democrats are blaming Donald Trump for all the problems that we're seeing. They're blaming him for the civil unrest. Maybe that's the point. Maybe the reason NYPD releases these people is because they want the chaos to blame Trump. Maybe the reason in Seattle and Portland they're releasing these people is because they want to blame Trump. But I'll tell you what, Trump is the one standing up to them. Trump is the one sending out the feds and the Portland police are begging for people to stop. But for whatever reason, it isn't. They don't have the support. They don't have the abilities. I don't know, man. Some new videos have, have just recently dropped about that woman in Portland. So uh, reporting on this, I had this far, uh, the rioters went to a woman's house. That's basically what happened. Now, I said, I didn't know if exactly if it was her home or what was going on. But in, in new footage, 
you can see from people filming up close, she literally says, this is my home, get off my property. And they're saying, no, there's one funny point where a guy says, get inside. And she's standing in her house with her door open. She says, I am inside, you idiot. She was wearing a Nazi armband for sure. And that's disgusting. And I, I don't know what, what the deal was. I think people who try to do this to antagonize the groups are stupid. Maybe she actually believes in that stuff. Whatever, man. I detest it. And I think she should be heavily criticized and denounced for wearing it. But they still went to her home. You want to wear You want to go in your house, dress up, like, dress up like a clown and, you know, and put up all the offensive imagery you want. You can do that in your house. And that's the point. But the riots are getting worse. The Portland police aren't stopping it. And begging is not a good look. Black Portland police chief calls for violent to, violence to stop. Sure, that's not going to do anything. No one's going to listen. No one cares. These people are being let go. And unless law enforcement comes in and actually arrests them and puts them in jail and says, you stay here now. OK, you go to jail when you commit crimes. It'll just keep getting worse. They'll go to your homes. Uh, the, the reason I mentioned the woman at her house is because she was saying in a video close, this is my home. So it's, it's confirmed she was at her house and they went to her house. They targeted her. Are they going to arrest these people for this? No, they're probably not. And I'm telling you now, the morality police will come to your house. They went to her house because the armband she was wearing. Now, I can understand you might find it distaste, you know, detestable and distasteful. And absolutely, I agree. But going to someone's house and attacking them, she was literally physically attacked by, by someone, like by a couple people, I believe. They physically attacked her. This is where it's going too far. But this is what I think is going to happen. The police are letting these people out. It just keeps happening. And eventually they'll show up to your home. With the police in New York releasing people, who are, they arrested a bunch of people for, for protesting, dropped all the charges. Dallas, Force, Fort Worth did the same thing. It's only a matter of time, like I've said before, where they'll come to your house, they'll commit some crimes, maybe they'll get arrested and they'll get released right away. Eventually the police are going to say, we can't deal with these groups, you're on your own, like they did in Seattle. So let me wrap this up for you. Did you see the, the letter that was sent out by the Seattle police saying, I'm sorry, we can't protect your businesses because the judges have constrained us. And then rioters from the far left went around smashing up businesses and stealing property. What's going to happen when that same order comes down in Portland and they're marching through residential neighborhoods and the police say, I'm sorry, we can't protect your homes because of the constraints by these judges. I am telling you, the reason why this story is so significant is that the NYPD cut loose I'm going to say this dude was a terrorist trying to get cops killed and the feds intervened. If not for them, this guy would be out on the street. So what happens and start going house to house? You're not going to want to find out. But I'll tell you what I'm doing. I'm moving as far away from the city as I can, as soon as I can. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 4 p.m. over at YouTube, uh, over at TimCast.net. Do that. Go to, go to TimCast.net and I will see you there at 4 p.m. Thanks for hanging out. Yeah, I know. More violence, more murder, more killings because they're defunding the police this time in Portland. Well, it happened in New York. We saw that. That was really awful. We saw violent crime murders escalating in tons of cities across this country as calls for defund the police have escalated. But in one city, Chicago, they said no. And they actually created two new police units. And guess what? Crime went down. Gee, who could who would have seen that coming? Take a look at Portland. Portland's Deadly July, domestic violence suspected love triangle and gang retaliation, almost 15 killings. Wow. Now, I'm not super concerned about a love triangle. Gang retaliation sounds terrible, but take a look at this here map. Something happened in July where murder has skyrocketed rather dramatically for Portland. 
I wonder what it could be. My friends, how would you like to play, uh, pay, place your wagers on a gentleman's bet as to what happened just before murder skyrocketed in the city of Portland? Now, if you wrote down, <laughs> police leaders tie recent shootings to end of Portland's gun violence reduction team, you would have won. Yeah, police leaders are tying it. They can't even just admit it. That's that's like, come on, man. You get rid of cops, you get more crime. That's just the way it is. Now, I got a problem with a lot of with a lot of bad cops. I got a problem with cops in big cities enforcing unconstitutional edict. But come on, man. How dumb do you got to be? OPB reports as Portland experiences a surge in shootings. Two top police officials are connecting the spike to the city's decision to disband the local police unit tasked with investigating gun violence. The gun violence reduction team known as the GVRT was dissolved at the beginning of July and then murder went straight up. Many community members and activists had long called for the dismantling of the unit, which they said disproportionately targeted people of color. Amid mass calls for police reform nationwide, Commissioner Joe Ann Hardesty, one of the of the unit's most outspoken critics, launched a successful push to get the unit disbanded. On Wednesday, both Portland's police chief and the head of its police union framed the decision as misguided. Well, they would be correct. They said the rise in shootings is tied to the decision to end the team devoted to solving them. Quote, I'd say they're more emboldened, maybe, to be out there with guns. Portland police chief Chuck Lovell said at a press conference Wednesday, they know there's not someone watching. There's no real deterrent there. And I think that's part of the issue that's causing us to see the spike we have in July. This summer, Portland, along with many U.S. cities, has seen a startling rise in gun violence and homicides. Police reported 15 homicides in July, the highest per month number the city's seen in three decades. Come on, duh. You know what, man? If I were to tell you something, here's here's a question I have to ask people. Let's talk about objective reality. If I take, I don't know, what do I got lying here? I got got a jar of, of water. If I take this jar right here, it is, it is a mason jar filled with emergency, and I whip it as hard as possible at a glass window. Window, what do you think's going to happen? Now, if you checked off, the window will break, the glass will break, or some combination of both, you'd be correct. How hard is it to add two and, oh, I'm sorry. Woke people don't believe two plus two equals four. I'm not exaggerating. There's been a whole thing going on on Twitter where they're arguing that sometimes two plus two could be five. I am not exaggerating. They are literally saying that. So it's no surprise that when you go to the police and they're like, I know, let's get rid of the police unit that deals with gun crime. And then literally the result is gun gun murders and gun crime goes straight up. Yes, two plus two equals four. But they don't know that. I'll tell you, this is a big problem. You know why? We cannot have government influenced and run by people who don't know that two plus two equals four. Go on Twitter. Look it up. You think I'm making a joke. I am not. They are literally arguing with mathematicians that sometimes two plus two could be five. It depends on your axioms and definitions and blah, blah, blah. Now here we can see what's happening once again. It happened in New York. 286% increase in crime in the Upper East Side. That's where the rich people live. Now the rich people are all getting out. Why? Maybe because they're being held at gunpoint in a city that has no way to stop the gun violence because they got rid of their anti uh, anti crime unit. In July 2020 is difficult to compare to July of the past years for a host of reasons. 
nightly demonstrations, writes OPB. Oh, shut up. I'm sick of this. Nightly riots against police entered their second month. Federal officers arrived downtown and a global pandemic raged. On, yes. And, and, and the, the feds showing up and going inside a courthouse resulted in people going and murdering each other with guns. Sure. Now, you can argue that the pandemic caused people to go nuts, increased desperation, I guess. Maybe maybe they're robberies, but I'll tell you what, if there's love triangles and gang retaliation, I'm not sure how that's connected, but maybe. On Wednesday, Lovell said he, he believed there could be multiple factors contributing to the surge in violence. That the fact that this was the first month without GVRT could be one such factor. Could be, dude, come on. The GVRT was rebranded from the gang enforcement team in October 2018. An audit of the unit's work in 2015 to 16 found the officers disproportionately stopped black people. On Wednesday, Lovell defended the now defunct unit, saying he did not believe it was racist and that cities that do similar gun violence prevention work would have similar rates. The stops have gotten a lot of attention, but a lot of those stops end in handshakes and conversation. And there's a real kind of familiarity, he said, and people miss it. We heard a lot from people in the community saying, hey, we need the gun violence reduction team back. We need those officers that know our community. Could it be the local cops knew the areas, patrolled the areas? community policing. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, as as it's it's obvious to say, but of course, it's the DOJ, it's Trump, it's the feds who are working to end the violence. And the local jurisdictions are, are under the boots of these insane far left extremists, reactionaries, re- reactionaries, if you would, that want to bring us back to a simpler time when they got to discriminate based on race and law. And that's what they're trying to implement. And they're trying to get rid of these anti-crime units. I'll tell you what, how about this? My joke is that you get rid of all police and then you get rid of all gun laws. Just there you go. Just boom, everybody. In fact, no, not even one up that the government literally gives everybody a gun. Is that what you want? I'm kidding, by the way. Operation Legend is being expanded to Memphis and St. Louis. Now, it's not Portland. And I think we know why. I, I think the, the Oregon at this point could beg Trump and the DHS, the DOJ for federal enforcement federal law enforcement officers to come in and they'd be like, nah, nah, we're good. (laughs) We're not playing that game again. But across the country where crime uh, murder specifically is skyrocketing, crime's actually going down. This is surprising. Uh, Crime has gone down. Murder is way, way up. I think the reason crime has gone down is because a lot of crimes are opportunistic. You're walking down the street, you know, and some guy sees you and he's like, I'm gonna rob that dude. And then he runs over and does. Now that everybody's basically hiding indoors, you know, we're in lock, we're in lockdown. Crime goes down. So this is why I think, you know, a lot of the claims about COVID's relation to the murder is is wrong. And the fact is really obvious. You take away cops, you get more murder. It's because less people are out. Crime is going down, which means even murders should go down. They're not. You know why? You took the cops away. Now, in some places, they didn't defund the police, take the cops away. But there have been violent riots straining police resources. And it could also be that people are losing their minds, becoming aggressive, angry and violent because they're locked in their homes. Sure. The DOJ, for those, uh, for those that aren't familiar, launched Operation Legend, which is sending FBI, ATF, DEA into various cities. And now they're announcing its expansion. They say today the expansion of Operation Legend was announced in Memphis and St. Louis. Operation Legend is a sustained, systemic and coordinated law enforcement initiative in which federal law enforcement agencies work in conjunction with state and local law enforcement officials to fight violent crime. The operation was first launched on July 8th in Kansas City and expanded on July 22nd to Chicago and Albuquerque and to Cleveland, Detroit and Milwaukee. Operation Legend is named in honor of four-year-old legend Telefero, 
who was shot and killed while he slept early in the morning of June 29th in Kansas City. The president is the law enforcement candidate, and it is not Joe Biden. Joe Biden is hiding because he's scared that you've got a far left extremist faction and a moderate faction, and he doesn't want to rile anybody up if he comes out and he condemns, you know, the, the rise of violent crime or Black Lives Matter riots, he can get in trouble. To be fair, though, he did say the extremists, you know, in these riots should be found, arrested, convicted, etc. So I think he knew he had to take that stance. But how pathetic. Joe Biden should have come out on day one when the riots happened and said, hey, yo, look here, fat, knock it off. None of these riots, man, you can't have it. Instead, he hid for months. And then finally he comes out. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. Okay, man, you're scared. They waited for the poll numbers. Uh Oh, what should we do? What should we say? And then finally, when they thought it was safe, he says, I'm, I'm, he's hiding in the back corner. I'm against this. Well, Trump's been against it the whole time. So I'll tell you what, if you want to be beholden to these lunatics who are telling you to take your police away and then crime starts skyrocketing, you're out of your mind. In Chicago, I'm, I'm impressed, actually, because, it you know, Chicago's kind of kind of messed up in a lot of ways, but they increased the police. They created two new units. Lo and behold, crime started to go back down. It's what they needed to do. And if you want to push back on Trump and say, we don't want none of your feds in our city, then the appropriate response is to say, we will create new units. And that's what they did in Chicago. I think we have a solution here. I think we have a reform solution. I believe we can have the best of both worlds. You create a new department that deals with mental health issues, or you create a new task force or unit within the police. You know that requires? More funding. That's right. Fund the police. That's the answer. And then you have a specific unit dealing with mental health issues and all these pretty little things all these activists want. But if you take the cops away, people get hurt. What a stupid segment. How many segments am I going to do where I say the same thing? I can't believe I have these stories right now. Whatever, man. I got a couple more segments coming up in a few minutes and I will see you all shortly. This story is nuts. Some far leftists tried to dox a cop. Five people were charged with felony harassment. They posted a picture of a cop. They said, what's his name or something like this. Next thing they knew, they're facing felony charges. Now this, not too much. Look, I think doxing is a problem. But if you're in public and your face is visible and someone's got your picture, well, there you go. They can they can say what they want to say. Now, is it a violation of Twitter's rules? Yes. Does it, does it cross a moral and ethical line? Yes. And perhaps we could enact some kind of laws about incitement, maybe. But we're getting dangerously close to the line here. I got to say, man, on first glance, this story is actually rather frightening and authoritarian. And as much as I don't like these far leftists going around trying to dox everybody, everybody doxes everybody. And there's certain lines, there's limits. If I go to a, to a protest and I film everybody and someone takes and says, who are these people? Well, what are you supposed to do about it? You're out in public. Check out this. This is nuts. A New Jersey police department is pursuing cyber harassment charges against five people in connection with a protest photo uploaded to Twitter in June. Complaints were served against the original tweeter and four other people who retweeted the message, alleging that they caused the officer to fear for the safety of his family. It's an unprecedented use of anti-harassment laws coming amid a nationwide law enforcement backlash against police brutality. Uh, against anti-police brutality activism. Calm down, guys. If successful, the charges would add significant new risks to political activity on social media, a key element in the ongoing protest movements. I'm sorry, man. I don't look, I I don't like doxing. I think people should be able to, you know, go about their business. But this is getting, let's just, let's just read. 
The Nutley Police Department filed its complaints in late July over a tweet posted during a June 26 protest. The now deleted message included a photo of a masked off-duty police officer with the request that if anybody knows who this B is, throw his info under the tweet. Because of the mask, the officer is not readily identifiable from the photograph, and there, there, there do not appear to be any replies revealing his identity. Now, this is different. It's wearing a mask. When you go out in public wearing a mask, you do have a reasonable expectation of privacy. So we're dancing on the line. I'll tell you what, though. They ran a GoFundMe for this. They got the ACLU on their side. You get no good faith from me. No, not good faith. I'm sorry. You get no goodwill. I'm not going to assume you're acting in good faith. That's what I mean to say. The original poster and the retweeters are charged with cyber harassment, a fourth degree felony punishable by up to 18 months in jail. Activist Georgiana Sizjak, Shishak, one of the retweeters, revealed the complaint in a GoFundMe campaign last week. The ACLU of New Jersey confirmed its existence to The Verge, as did Shishak's attorney, Alan Payrutin. The Verge has also reviewed a copy of Shishak's summons. I've never seen anything like it, says Payrutin of the case. I don't see how that rises to a level of a crime. Shishak originally requested $3,000 to hire an attorney. So far, she's raised around 8200 Her summons orders her to appear in court later this month. I think these are going to get dismissed. I, I think they're going to go in. Judge is probably going to be like, get out of here. But let's read more. The department charged Shishak and others on behalf of Detector Peter Sandomenico, who the complaint identifies as the officer in the tweet. It alleges that the photo and accompanying caption threatened the officer acting in performance of his duties, causing Detective Sandomenico to fear that harm will come to himself, family, and property. At, this, at, at the time, Shishak posted her, her fundraiser. The post had no replies and five retweets. It's unclear how the department discovered its existence. However, some departments use automated social media surveillance tools to track all the tweets sent from a particular location. Had such a tool been used to surveil the Nutley protests, it would likely have surfaced the San Domenico tweet. I'm being, I'm being very careful here because I don't, I, I, I don't want to jump the gun before I know the full details. You know, maybe there's something, some argument, but I'll tell you what, man, some random person, it, was it a public photo? You're out in public, you're wearing a mask. Someone said, who is this person? That's harassment. Now, my understanding is if it was going to be harassment, they'd have to be warned, stop doing this. But the people who retweeted it are being charged too. The Nutley Police Department confirmed that it had filed complaints against five people for cyber harassment. Charges were filed by our department for an incident relating to one of our officers. However, this remains under investigation, which prevents me from providing any further details. I'm going to stop right there. I think I know where this is going. They're investigating. How much you want to bet that behind the scenes, these people were doing something else beyond just posting the photo? How much you want to bet they're trying to claim it's just the photo? Shishak wrote on GoFundMe that she has been blindsided by the summons. I did not reply, did not say anything against this cop, and had zero clue to who he was. The purpose of this tweet was to find out the officer's information to hold him accountable. While the original poster is not named in the summons, Shishak and her attorney corroborated his identity as Kevin Alfaro, who posted a separate GoFundMe in July. Alfaro did not respond to messages via Twitter or GoFundMe. Alfaro's GoFundMe describes a June 26 Nutley for Black Lives Matter for Black Lives Protest, where young anti-racism demonstrators confronted by pro-Christopher Columbus counter-protesters. The groups were eventually separated by barricades and police, although News 12 New Jersey reported no arrests were made. The campaign description says Alfaro was upset by officers who were friend, very friendly with counter-protesters and covered their badges, a practice that some officers across the country 
have adopted to dodge complaints from protesters. I don't believe that. I think they're exaggerating. In an attempt to identify a specific uh, specific police officer who was befriending someone or asking me, I uploaded a photo. His tweet includes a picture of the thin blue line American flag printed on Santa Monica's mask, a symbol that's used to identify police solidarity, but is fraught. <laughs> okay, Verge, shut up. I'll tell you one thing. This is coming from The Verge. I don't trust The Verge. Not at all. I don't trust these activists, and I'm willing to bet that this investigation uncovered something, but we will see. They're getting summonses to court. Often we have seen police try to use arrests as deterrent. This could be bunk. We'll see. But this is crazy. All I can really say here is, if this really is an instance where someone posted a public photo, it's over the line. We will see. I'll also say, though, this is really uh, important to track because this may be the first instance where, you know, someone who's going for a light protest doxing is facing felony charges. They say the department's legal argument against the five Twitter users is murky. A 2014 New Jersey law bans online harassment when it threatens someone with physical harm or crimes against their property or when it involves sending lewd, indecent or obscene material. It's more typically applied in cases involving persistent harassment campaigns and cyberstalking. The First Amendment also protects the right to photograph on-duty police officers. There's a particularly little, there's particularly little precedent for punishing retweets. Even in lower stakes non-criminal cases, MSNBC host Joy Reid was sued in 2018 for retweeting someone else's allegedly defamatory post. But the plaintiff quickly dropped the, re- the, the retweet accusation, focusing only on statements Reid wrote. A recent suit claims retweets can count as copyright infringement, but it's not yet resolved. The complaint implies that requesting Santa Monica's info was an invitation to harass or dox the officer. It was. Harassment victims have sued trolls who encourage followers to abuse them. In which case, no, uh, it does sound like they might have some case here, but maybe a little over the top. If they're asking other people to start pulling up information, maybe there is a very thin case here. They say Alex Alexander Shalom, ACLU New Jersey's director of Supreme Court Advocacy, declared the charges specious. The law is designed to prevent venal harm, not hypersensitivity and hurt feelings. Is it now? I'd be willing to see how they would start, how, how they claim. You know, I'm going to stop right here. You know what? Let's play a game. The game is Andy No publishes information on far left extremists. So they physically assault and attack him. You are reaping what you have sown here. I'm sorry, man. I don't like the idea of the of the government abusing its power and going after people. But we're in a really weird position where everything they do, they try to claim is okay. We're allowed to dox people. We're allowed to do it, but not you, not them. Oh, no, they're coming after us because we're doing it. I don't like the idea of the government overstepping. Okay, this is this is this is serious. The cops should not have should not have special privileges or special access. People should not be charged for doing things that are legal, but they may have a case here simply because of harassment. If you go online and you encourage other people to target somebody, they might actually have a case. That's legit. I'm not going to pretend to know the law. The Verge ends by saying, regardless of the outcome, the felony charges have serious consequences for the accused. In the days since receiving the complaint, Shishak has been forced to manage the expense of hiring an attorney and the frustration of navigating a legal system upended by the coronavirus pandemic. Even if the charges don't result in a sentence, the filing could intimidate protesters who want to legally record police or make others afraid to engage with them. I cannot explain the fear I have and the worry I have for me versus a police department. 
I feel afraid that I may have compromised my whole future based on something that I believed was exercising my First Amendment right. Ignorance of the law is no excuse for breaking it. However, I got to say, I lean definitely against government intrusion. I don't like the idea of Antifa doxing people, threatening people, smearing people. I don't like the idea of people in media lying to defend these far left extremists. But I do not like the police using the system to intimidate people they don't like. The law needs everyone needs to be held equally under the law. But I'll tell you what, if they're going to start criminalizing, you know, if I posted something saying, hey, everybody, find out who this person is for me. I think it's a step over the line. If you're doing general public acts, you know, public, uh, um, you know, decentralized research or something, public coordinated research. I don't I don't think I think you got to be very, very careful here. I'm going to watch this one, but I got to say I'm a bit I'm a, I lean a bit away from the government. But let's be real. The likelihood that these people lie, unfortunately, is high. We'll see what comes of this. And simply because they've been charged is not enough for me. They're accused of a crime. We'll see if anything actually happens and maybe nothing will happen from it. Anyway, I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up in just a few minutes, and I will see you all shortly. If there was anything that would prove Democrats absolutely are destroying the places for which they represent, it is this story. Mayor Bill de Blasio dismisses rich New Yorkers who fled the city as fair weather friends and says their taxes should be raised days after Governor Cuomo begged the city's top 1% to return to prop up its ailing finances. Bill de Blasio is dumb as a box of rocks, perhaps dumber. Cuomo is correct. He is begging the rich not to leave because they pay a massive amount of of their taxes. Now, some people are saying that the top 1% pays half of New York's taxes. I don't know if that's true. Maybe it's in here. Either way, you need people. And if you look back, I watched a documentary a while ago about how Trump saved New York. And they talked about how it was crime infested. Nobody wanted to live there and they couldn't afford programs. The mob was running everything because the cops were too weak and underfunded. So Trump encouraged, he builds this tower and he builds his luxury tower. And he says, you guys, you want to live here. It's the best. I'm telling you, everybody agrees. So the rich people move in. Now they got to pay city taxes. New York City has an income tax. But these rich people were like, hey, man, it's a premium to live in this great city. I'm going to do it. So they did. This, according to the documentary I watched, saved New York City because it encouraged people to come. It bolstered the, the tax base, which provided the city with new resources to expand, to grow, to fix things, to solve the crime problems, making the city better and better and better. And then we moved into the, into the 2000s and things typically got better. You know, I, I understand about 9-11 and all that stuff, but crime has gone down. The city has improved. Then we had mass riots. The rich people started fleeing. Cuomo understands the importance of rich people who can pay taxes. I'm not a big fan of, of, you know, wealth disparity and income disparity. Donald Trump recently tweeted about income disparity being a problem. I agree. I think it's a problem. Don't like it. But I can certainly recognize the importance of not just encouraging the rich people to stay, but encouraging everyone to stay and not threatening them when they're suffering. Here's the problem. You got poor people in your city who need resources. Those resources are typically paid for by taxes, which come a lot from the from the wealthy individuals who live in the city. If you got a rich guy who makes $100 million a year and he's paying 3% to the city, it's $3 million they're going to put in, you know, in programs that are going to help people. But if you got somebody who makes $100,000 a year and you're taxing them 3%, you're going to get three grand. You can, you're not going to be able to pay for that many programs. You see the importance of these, these, these big, wealthy individuals. But more than that, 
You want to be a welcoming city and you don't want to threaten you're going to raise their taxes more. You've got rich people fleeing. You don't want your tax base to erode. But I'll tell you this. New York City is in a death spiral. Maybe they can pull themselves out. But on this track, New York City will completely collapse and become, man, like Escape from New York, that movie where it's just warlords and insanity and dystopia. Because here's what happens. Easy example. You got a skyscraper, right? Skyscraper has, you know, let's say it's got 50 floors and it costs, you know, hundreds of, let's say it costs a million dollars per month to run this thing. You've got to pump water up the building. You know, people don't realize this. The water in New York City, the natural pressure they have only goes up so high. So once you get to a certain point of the building, you turn the water on, nothing comes out. They need pumps. They got to deliver air to the higher floors. Yeah, people don't realize that either. Very expensive to operate. But if every floor is occupied, they're splitting those costs evenly. Most people don't notice. But what happens when, you know, 30, 40% leave? Now about half the building is empty. Everyone's costs double. What happens then once the costs double, people say, wow, this has become too expensive for, you know, for my blood. I'm getting out. Eventually, you have an empty building you can't afford. So it becomes derelict. Nothing. It falls apart. It collapses. Crime takes over. People come in. You abandon the building because you can't pay the taxes on it anymore. And that's how cities fall apart. That's happening in New York City right now. And Bill de Blasio is laughing. He's making a game. Look, fair weather friends. Good. I should raise their taxes. Now more people are going to leave. You know, I've seen a lot of people say, well, they voted for it. They deserve it. Yeah, I hear you, man. But this is sad. We want our cities to succeed. But it's true. They voted for it. Now Bill de Blasio is violating civil rights. He's, he's, he's using the taxpayer dollars to prop up his own campaign. I mean, this is disgustingly corrupt. One of the most corrupt mayors the city's seen in a long time. And they got, they got a long history of bad mayors, I'll tell you what. This is, the, to me, it's, it's, wow. Look at this. They say de Blasio himself has raked in $9,000 a month from three rental properties amid the pandemic, while cash-strapped New Yorkers have struggled to pay rent. He called rich New Yorkers who fled fair-weather friends and called for their taxes to be raised to help tackle the deficit. I'll tell you this, man. The rich people, they can snap their fingers and get out of your city, and they're going to do it. In fact, they've basically already done it. Now more will. This came in direct opposition to comments by Cuomo, who begged wealthy residents to come back and save the city from financial ruin. The state's tax base has taken a beating from tenants failing to pay rent and tourism being all but depleted amid travel bans, leaving a huge deficit. You know what else he did? He put in checkpoints. That's right. If you want to come to New York, 14-day quarantine. He literally said, no tourism allowed. If I were, if, listen, I think he's doing it on purpose. That's the only way I can see it, man. These checkpoints and 14-day quarantines, if you violate them, it comes with a $10,000 fine. Tourists are now going to be like, I'm not going there. Sorry. So all their revenue is going to be gone. No one's going to pay their bills. It's like they're trying to destroy the city. Cuomo, on the other hand, is saying, no, no, please, please come back. I'll buy you a drink, he says. Yeah, too bad. Look, I'm in Jersey. I'm getting out of this place, too. So I'm taking my businesses with me. And my, my businesses do all right, but I'm out. So I, all that tax base is going to start eroding. And these, 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 these Democratic politicians and governors who have destroyed their, the places they're supposed to represent, I hope the people realize just how bad they've made it. But you know who's leaving? It's the rich people. It's the people of means and the people of individual responsibility. It's not the poor 
It's not the poor Democrats. They're staying and they are being abused. I hope it's a wake up call to these people about how they've been abandoned by the Democratic Party. I don't think it will be, unfortunately. They say the city's sanitation budget was cut by $106 million, leaving the streets dirty. The NYPD faced a $1 billion chop to its budget while crime is skyrocketing with shootings up 201% last month compared to this time last year. My word, how insane is this? And Bill de Blasio is dismissing these people. It's not about the rich man. It's about anybody. He's, he's seemingly doing everything in his power to make sure that nobody comes to this city. And that to me is just outright insane. You don't just need rich people. You need regular people coming to your city. It's called the tax base. All these buildings in New York, they're still going to be there. Who's going to pay for them? People are leaving. The building owners are, gonna, are not going to pay their bills. They're going to dip out. Maybe that's the goal. Once all these people abandon the properties because they can't pay for it, the city comes in and seizes them for tax, you know, for, for not paying their taxes. They put liens on them. And then the state or the banks come in and take all the property. And then once everything improves, maybe they'll sell it. I don't know. But who's going to want to go back to this place? And how do you restart a city like New York? When I was in Ferguson covering the riots, there was a mall just to the west of Ferguson. This is this is the St. Louis, you know, Michael Brown stuff. And the mall was falling apart. Stores were closing and you had a bunch. Of, I think it was something like I counted like 70 or 80 empty stores in this mall. The food court ended up having like one or two things to eat. Could you imagine that? The reason was people start the stores start leaving. And then once they do, less people want to come. And with less people, less foot traffic means less impulse buying. Malls live by having all of their stores filled. Eventually, people left. And the mall became a ghost town. It was kind of cool to walk through this empty, like creepy space. But another poor, another reason why it was failing was that when the riots started, they went on for like a year. The security guards had to actually lock the mall down and nobody wanted to go there anymore, which resulted in certain stores just leaving outright. Some stores were operating at a loss because they were run by major corporations, right? But eventually the mall was dead. And that's what's going to happen to these cities. Malls die and they don't start back up again. It's when, when you when you start losing one or two stores, you know, you're fine. You can find ways to replace them. But once you go down from a certain threshold, nobody's going to go there. Who's going to go for a walk down Fifth Avenue? Who's going to go for a walk down, you know, uh, in, in, in Soho, in, in Manhattan to go shopping at all these boutiques when there's no boutiques? You're going to order online. They are killing every one of these businesses. Because like the malls, New York City is similar. You walk down the street. There's the van store. There's Best Buy. And you can pop in, look around. Ooh, I want that. You walk over to the next door, walk in. Ooh, I want that. What happens when there's no stores left? People aren't going to go walking around. There's no foot traffic, no impulse buying. And just like these malls, the city will die too. You need foot traffic. You need people. You need stores. And Bill de Blasio is seemingly doing everything in his power to watch it all burn down. If you're still in New York, well... I feel bad for you because I know not everybody can afford to get out, but you need to consider doing it if you're in any one of these major cities, man. Fortunately for me, I'm in the suburbs, but I'm telling you, I see what's coming next. Some people have fled to the suburbs. You need. I'm sorry, man. I'm not going to tell you what to do. I'm going to tell you what I'm doing. I don't feel safe in the suburbs. I'm going to I'm going to move out of this. I'm going I'm going rural, man. I'm going to the middle of nowhere as far away as possible. Satellite Internet, all that jazz, because I, I think. Right now, we're seeing the problems in the cities. It will come to the suburbs. 
There will be desperation. I think it's going to get worse than we realize, man. I was recently shopping for some equipment and the, 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 the store that I go to, everything was back ordered or sold out. I'm talking to some people that are trying to buy trucks. They can't. Prices are skyrocketing. Demand is up. Production is way down. I hope you're ready for what comes next. I'll see you all tomorrow at 10 a.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out.